Welcome to Truman's Matrix. A podcast built around the craziest headlines around the world. A production of Digging Deeper Media, owned by Hale Multimedia. Where you don't know who's watching who, or who's controlling you. All right. Well, good evening and welcome to Truman's Matrix. You are in for a treat tonight. Yeah. Look at what we have on the screen for you here. Manufactured reality. Recognize that face? I do. Several years ago, we put together the similarities between the Truman Show and the Matrix. Hence the name of this podcast. That's how we came up with Truman's Matrix. Yeah. It's an original name. But it seems that we, were, we weren't the only ones that have compared the two films. We didn't think we were, but we hadn't found anything until recently. Now, in this thesis, what is manufactured reality? Parallels between the Truman Show and The Matrix. Princeton senior Jonathan Gomez presented some great points. Mm -hmm. Before we take a look at that thesis and give you the citations there and quote some of the things that Jonathan wrote. We're gonna give you some of our own thoughts and first watch that trailer. If you haven't seen The Truman Show, this is the trailer for a very weird show that we hadn't viewed until about 2019 or 2020, I think it was. Yeah. Can we play this right here from our screen? Yeah. All right, let's, let's do that. Let's try that. Comments are still headed. What else is on? Yeah, let's see what else is Coming to you now from the largest studio ever constructed, it's the Truman Show! Yeah! Good morning! Good morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> what if? No scripts. No cue cards. Morning, Spencer. How's it going? What if you were watched every moment of your life? How many cameras you got there in that town? 5,000. I believe Truman is the first child to have been legally adopted by a corporation. That's correct. Brilliant. What if everyone you knew was pretending? Hi, honey. Look what I got at the checkout. Dishwasher safe. <laughs> That's amazing. What if your world was make-believe? Cue the sign. While the world he inhabits is counterfeit. I'm not allowed to talk to you. That's how I look. On your type. There's nothing fake about Truman himself. What if you didn't know it? Until now. A lot of strange things have been happening. Stand by ring cam. Is he looking at us? Do you think he knows? I think I'm mixed up in something. Something big. Oh. We accept the reality with which we're presented. Everybody's pretending, Truman. Get out of here. Come and find me. Truman? Truman! Truman! Anything happen? No. Mm-hmm. You may find yourself in another part of the world. Feels like the whole world revolves around me. Everybody seems to be in on it. I'm going away for a while. And you may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful wife. You may ask yourself, how did I get here? I'm not in on it, Truman, because the last thing that I would ever do is lie to you. Fade up music. That's our hero shot. <laughs> he 
do we stop him? Give me some light. Is that the best you can do? I like your pen. I was wondering that myself. Jim Carrey, The Truman Show. Watch what happens. There's a whole lot more to that show, but that gives you a little bit of an idea. There were thousands of cameras set up around the town, and everything in his life was manufactured. Like the best friend, quote, best friend said, nothing in this show is not real. Nothing in this show is fake. It's all real. It's just very controlled. <laughs> that should give you a clue as to what this movie was predicting. Right. So many years ago. When did this come out? 1996? Eight. 1998? I think. And 1999 was The Matrix. Right. So what a one-two punch there. Well, The Truman Show predicted the way social media and reality TV would come to dominate our lives. It, it was just... We're fixated on those screens, right? Yep, yep. The tagline of, sh of the show is... An entire human life recorded on an intricate network of hidden cameras and broadcast live and unedited 24 hours a day. Wow. Hmm. This story about a man who doesn't know his life is filmed and broadcast live to a large audience foreshadowed our present landscape of oversharing. <laughs> and the young, younger crowd doesn't even understand that they're oversharing. Yes. I cannot believe some of the things that I saw even in the beginning, but even now, but in the beginning when people had no idea how long and how damaging these things could be. But there were people, like, saying things that nobody needed to know about or hear. Like, I'm on an airplane and I'm going to go, going to go pee now. You know, <laughs> you know, Who cares, right? <laughs> some music star that was coming to a concert, you know, in, in Nebraska, you know, and she had to announce that she had to go pee on an airplane. <laughs> what the hell? Okay, that's a little bit of oversharing there. And that was way TMI. back. TMI. <laughs> yep, that's what I wrote. In fact, I think I tweeted at her TMI. Well, Truman says it feels like the whole world revolves around me somehow. Isn't that the way Facebook is? Mm -hmm. It's not about everyone else. It's about you. It's about what is going on in your life. And everybody has a camera into that. Those of us who have embraced social media are encouraged to act like the entire world revolves around us. It's true that sometimes reality can be overwhelming and it creates an escape. Hey, yeah. let's go scroll through social media for a while. Yep. The Truman Show actually sends the message that we should fight against our impulse. Fight against that impulse to reduce our lives to a hyper-controlled artificial narrative. Stay away from AI. This is our beginning warning of how social media or watching others can overtake our lives. Well, I think we've seen even with the high schoolers that we teach that they have a harder time visiting face to face. It's it they've lost that social aspect. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you've seen, I don't know if it's in a video or if it's in a movie or a cartoon or something, but <laughs> maybe we've seen it. But you have two kids in a room texting each other. Yeah. 
They're in the same damn room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on, guys. Talk to each other. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. So, well, the film exposes how turning real life into entertainment can dehumanize people and reminds us that privacy is a valuable, even essential component of an authentic life. Yeah. That really needs to be explored, that thought there. That is, the word there is dehumanize. Mm-hmm. Transhumanism or artificial intelligence or evolution mm-hmm. all means the same thing and it's getting rid of humanity. It's reducing humanity. It is. Dehumanizing people. And it's hard to be authentic if you know people are watching you. You're not going to be the real you. That's right. That's right. And through social media, many people now live like Truman by choice. Mm-hmm. It allows us each to star in our own personal Truman show. Yep. Making almost every aspect of our private existence public knowledge. <laughs> like, I don't need to know that, girl. <laughs> but the Truman Show points to central questions that we need to be asking ourselves in this climate. What's lost when you no longer have privacy? What do you have? Hmm. The Truman Show. You don't know who's watching who. Or who's controlling you? Mm-hmm. That is our original slogan for our Truman's Matrix podcast. Yep. How appropriate. Mm. In the Truman Show, there's no difference between public and private life. And if you live life with others always watching, it is almost impossible to live authentically. How can you even know if you're being authentically yourself when others are watching? Have mm-hmm. you ever tried that? Like right now, my voice is different. I am projecting different than if I were sitting here in a room talking to you. It's true. I know. I, I know. Yeah. It's, it's human nature. It is. You're right. When you are up on stage and you I, are singing, you project like a get I out. project. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the gift of projection. That is I. <laughs> I met a girl with some power. <laughs> So one can say, how do you know you're not living in the matrix right now? Oh, hold on a minute. The matrix. Yes. The Truman Show. Let's shift our thoughts a little bit now. That was a little beginning on the Truman Show, okay? Store that away. A life of being unauthentically watched 24-7. A very controlled environment, but real, manufactured reality. Mm-hmm. The matrix. What is the matrix? That we found out recently is the question that Mr. Anderson wants to know. <laughs> it is. What is the matrix? Keanu Reeves says in the classic. So one can say, how do you know you're not living in the matrix right now? The Matrix, according to the definition in the movie, mm-hmm. was us being duped with our wool pulled over our eyes about what's actually going on. Right. So everybody gets it. 
because people know about the matrix. The matrix is just a brilliant depiction of the idea that the universe we're in could be simulated. Very reminiscent of some ancient questions posed by the philosopher René Descartes. Did you know that Descartes said, how do you know that an evil demon isn't fooling you into thinking the world around you is real by feeding you sensations when in fact nothing is real? Hmm. The Matrix is just using digital technology to take that 400-year-old idea Descartes had to turn it into something we can all viscerally appreciate. <laughs> wow. What mm -hmm. an introduction right? to the Matrix. The Matrix. An altered, manufactured reality. Shall we watch the trailer? Let's watch the trailer on this one too, yeah. All right, let's do that. Whoa. Have you ever had a dream, Neo, that you were so sure was real? What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? What is happening to me? The answer is out there, Neo. It's the question that drives us. What is the Matrix? The Matrix is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? They're watching you, Neo. Human beings are a disease. You are a cancer of this planet. And we are the cure. Get me the hell out of here! Welcome to the real world. Save the world. So what do you need? Guns. Lots of guns. No one has ever done anything like this. That's why it's going to work. Buckle your seatbelt, Dorothy. Because Kansas is going bye-bye. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. What is the Matrix.com? You have to see it for yourself. Yes. So the Matrix was definitely and arguably one of the most influential movies ever made. I mean, the funny thing about this is that we knew all these concepts that we saw in the movie. Yes. And we've even spoken on them. Yeah. But we'd never watched the movie until last couple nights ago. Right. Down the rabbit hole, for instance. Right. Or... <laughs> yeah, that was very familiar. And the red pill, blue pill. We knew yeah. what that meant. Yeah. Yeah. 
And although I had not heard about Take Me to the Oracle. Oh, yeah. I had yeah. not heard the Oracle before, but I actually heard a, it was fun, I heard a song from Tom McDonald in here, Take Me to the Oracle. Yeah. There was a, it wasn't <laughs> a, a song, it. but it was just one of the lyrics, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's really a, a lot of interesting ties there. So, yes. Thomas Anderson is a computer programmer by day and operates as a hacker under the alias Neo in his off time. <clears throat> he discovers the truth about the world he's living in when he becomes aware of the Matrix. The Matrix. While searching for a man named Morpheus, he meets another hacker named Trinity, who takes Neo to Morpheus. Morpheus vaguely describes the Matrix as this all-encompassing prison, as the world that has been pulled over Neo's eyes, blinding him from the truth. He also admits that no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself, he states. <laughs> Morpheus offers Neo another choice. A blue pill and a red pill. We talked about that. Yep. If he chooses the blue pill, he remains in his everyday life and believes whatever he wants to believe. But if he chooses the red pill, he'll set foot in the real world and find out what the Matrix truly is. All I'm offering is the truth, says Morpheus. And so, Neo takes the red pill and tumbles down the rabbit hole. The rabbit hole is a reference, of course, to Alice in Wonderland. Right. The Matrix is considered a philosophical film that contains many existing philosophical and religious themes like prophecy, love, truth, karma, <laughs> the nature of reality, and living in assimilation. <laughs> so one of the most interesting things that I learned about it, I had no clue about before, that wasn't part of my uh, like pre-knowledge of it, even yeah. though we hadn't watched it, right? Is that I didn't realize there were so many references to religion or Christianity, prophecy, mm -hmm. names like Trinity, yeah, or the ship that they were on that Morpheus' Nebuchadnezzar. ship is called the Nebuchadnezzar, right? right. And and the oracle, the oracle, and the um, the one, the one, the one. Yes, you know the one you you will never be, but will someday meet. You know, I mean, it, there's just a lot of almost like uh, references, almost like on Narnia, yeah, with the lion and stuff. You know, yeah, true, and, yeah. So there seems to be a particular close connection between the Matrix and Plato's allegory of the cave. Have you ever heard of the cave? I hadn't until I read this. Yes. The in this allegory presented in Plato's Republic, Socrates describes a group of people chained to a wall within a cave their whole lives. The only reality they know of is the mere shadows projected on the wall in front of them, and they believe these are real entities. Then one of the prisoners is freed. He leaves the cave and gets the experience of the real world outside. But when he returns to the cave to enlighten the other prisoners with the truth, he faces resistance. Mm. Exploring the following question. Do we, as human beings, actually want the truth? It's a good question. It really is. Most of us would probably answer yes. But when comparing The Truman Show and The Matrix, 
In relation to Plato's allegory, we discover that the human relationship with truth is not that simple. <laughs> Sometimes we welcome the truth, while other times we hide from it, temporarily suspend it, reject it, and even wish to forget the truth if we had that option. One of the most striking examples is the character Cypher. Mm -hmm. Remember that guy in the film? Yep. Mm -hmm. I wish he would have just left me, right? Yeah. Well, he was a negative one, right? He was. Both Plato's work and The Matrix show people's disdain for a truth that threatens their reality. We tend to attach to the familiar, the comfortable, the meaningful, and are sometimes willing to defend it with our lives. So again... Do we want the truth? I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that our pride doesn't allow us yes. to admit we're wrong or to admit we've been snowed. Yeah, you know, I believe or I, lied to. I really believe that is almost a 50 50. You know, yeah. I, I don't know the percentages and I haven't done the studies. But mm -hmm. it almost seems like people are split down the middle on those that are just going to absolutely jump on, oh, really? Let me check it out. I didn't know that. L let me find the truth. And the other half that are just like, oh, stay, that, no way, stay that away can't from happen. me. You're not my friend anymore if you tell me that. Right. Kind of thing. You're like, no, I, right. you can't tell me any different. Yeah. It's really strange. Yeah, it's really it a is. study in psychology, really. The answer on that, like we're kind of talking about right now, really depends. We tend to handle the facts selectively as the truth appears in many forms with different magnitudes. Truth can uplift us. It can leave us indifferent, but it can also make us depressed and miserable. Now, is this a quote from him? This is direct, yes. Okay, so this right here, we have it in italics here on the screen for you. This is from... Jonathan Gomez. Jonathan Gomez's senior thesis on this manufactured reality, the comparison between the two movies. Princeton paper used by citation. And under the Fair Use Act. So we read on here in the third sentence. For example, in Plato's allegory, learning the truth has virtually no downsides. The only downside is the hostility by those in the cave. But aside from that, it's pretty evident that Plato's truth leads to something better and would uplift almost anyone. But in the Truman Show and in the Matrix, the truth is less enjoyable. However... The effect that truth has on us doesn't necessarily depend on the truth itself. It also depends on the person receiving it. Mm-hmm. 50-50? Yeah. In the case of Neo and Morpheus, the state of the world provided them with meaning and legitimized the battle they were fighting as liberators of humanity, which is quite an incredible goal to have in life. On the other hand, Cypher pokes fun at that goal, which shows his cynicism and lack of meaning he found in his existence. People tend to adopt surrogate truths to cover up a painful reality, which in the end is what Truman does, mm -hmm. according to Jonathan. Yeah. <clears throat> now, in this comparison, I had another thought before you oh, go up there. Sorry. Yeah. And, and maybe he'll say this later on, and so I'll save my thought for a little bit later, but if he doesn't talk about the direction of the Enlightenment remind me. Direction of the Enlightenment, okay? Okay. So by contrast, this is Jonathan Gomez, again, continuing on in his thesis paper here. 
Quote, by contrast, others love painful realities, but these are often instrumental to their already dark worldview. Both people, people from both camps, excuse me, also tend to ignore facts that oppose how they want to see the world. So both sides, yes, my words now, both sides want to believe what they want to believe. True. What's in their world, the way they want to see their world. Now, mm-hmm. now back to what Jonathan says. In many, if not most cases, they share their worldviews like like-minded people. Yeah. Sharing a certain truth, regardless of whether it's true, has benefits. Again, look at religious groups, political movements, and even the Flat Earth Society. Yeah. Being part of such groups can provide people with purpose and social connections. Yeah. We can see how the belief in the one binds Morpheus and his people together. You can see that in the film. Yes. The one. I mean, they, they all bound around the fact that they had faith that they were going to be okay because they had the one. My, mm-hmm. word, my words again. Back to Jonathan. The downside is that adopting opposing views as a member, even if they were true, could lead to other members ostracizing you. And here's where the dark side of suspension of disbelief comes in. Some, if not many, are willing to turn a blind eye to the truth, not just for innocent enjoyment, but also out of convenience. For example, someone keeps subscribing to a false belief against one's better judgment just to belong or out of fear of Mm -hmm. being ostracized. True. Very true. And I don't know that they actually talk about the directionality. Okay, so. so I'll cut in here and I'll talk about the other portion I read in his 37-page thesis. We only gave a couple of paragraphs out of this paper here from Princeton, but we do appreciate that research. It seemed to be the only research on the entire internet on the differences or similarities between these two movies. We thought it was an original thought. And we were pretty darn close to being original. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, it is an original podcast and an original name. So when I talk about the direction of enlightenment, what I want to fill in here is that it was interesting in Plato's allegory, the enlightenment came from coming up from the buried, the lower cave. The cave was underground. The darkness. No light, but there was a fire in the cave and it was behind them. They were actually chained to a pole. So they were chained to a wall, but they were chained to a pole where the light that was provided that made the reflection on the walls was actually the fire behind them. So if you read deeper into that article, that's what it said. So the study, uh, they actually saw moving figures. So they saw, you know, figures dancing on the wall in front of them. That's why they thought they were real. So anyway, other than the light of the fire behind them, and they couldn't turn their heads, so they didn't know what it was. They just knew that it was in shadows in front of them. So... When the enlightenment came, it came from going up and out into the world, mm-hmm. into the outside world. And into was, the light. And actually hurt his eyes a lot, but he was able to adjust eventually. But the truth was blinding, and he came back down to share it with others. So he reached down to lift others up with the truth. Mm-hmm. So that was the Plato allegory. And I found that to be completely opposite in the in the ideas of a rabbit hole. Yes. Or digging deeper 
and going the down truth. into the rabbit hole, right. going into the darkness. Everything and... is down in this case. When you mm -hmm. when you're going down into the matrix, I mean you you are going down deep into the recesses virtually of hell. Yes. So it was an interesting take on both of those comparisons, not just between the two movies, but with the allegory from Socrates. Yes. With Socrates Plato. by Plato. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize those two were right about each other. It was yeah. Plato's allegory about Socrates. Oh. <laughs> Socrates is the one who went and told people. So all in all, people seem pretty opportunistic when it comes to the truth. Mm -hmm. We all want a truth. Want not, a truth. We all want a truth, mm -hmm. not necessarily the truth. Yep. We want a reality, not necessarily the reality. But the truth and the lie often have something in common. They both appear as stories. So could it be that we fundamentally don't want the truth, but a story, a story to believe in, identify with, share with others, dwell on, and perhaps most importantly, to provide us with a sense of meaning and belonging. Hmm. That was a great quote by Jonathan Gomez yes. right there. Yes. All in all, people seem pretty opportunistic when it comes to the truth. We all want a story to believe in and to provide us with a sense of meaning, which then leads us to the ultimate book that I read in college, Man's Will to Meaning by mm -hmm. Dr. Viktor Frankl, one of the Jewish prisoners in the Nazi Auschwitz camps um, in Germany and Austria. And his whole life was, Dr. Frankl, his whole life as he survived that prison camp and then became an author and founder of a university mm. was based on one thing, finding purpose, the yep. meaning of life. And of course, the 40-day book that we read when we first got married, 40 days, you know, purpose-driven life. Yep, finding it's on our your, blog. Finding your purpose, yeah, right there at diggingdeeper.net. And so that's a lot to ingest when it comes to this comparison between these two movies. But that gives you a taste of where we got our idea for the actual title for the show. So Truman's Matrix really is something that is uh, the wildest headlines from around the world in a place where you don't know who's watching who. Or who's controlling you? Mm-hmm. And that's going to do it for this edition of Truman's Matrix, a podcast built around the craziest headlines around the world, a production of Digging Deeper Media, owned by Hale Multimedia. You can find Digging Deeper with Brian Hale on your favorite podcast network, or visit all of our podcasts under one roof at diggingdeeper.us. And one more thing. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.